Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, July 1st. Is it is it bounce back season? Is 2020 going to bounce back big time? We're in the second half. Well, yeah, we need that halftime adjustment is what we need. Are we 2015 Tennessee or 2016 Tennessee? God, I hope we're 2016. But they did fall back they did fall apart in the second half of that That's season. True. But they had quite the bounce we're, we're back. The first guess. part in the second half of 2016. There you go. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Um, it is July, which is time is. I have no concept of time right now. It's weird. Sometimes it's really fast. Sometimes it's really slow. Like I feel like June crept by, but now it's July. So I have no idea what's going on. Zero clue. We made it to July. We did it's somehow. July. Somehow made it to July. July. I don't know. I hope you guys are doing good. I ho- I'm ready. I'm hoping the. Uh, Second half is better. It's already not looking up. It's looking like um, we will not be eating in restaurants for uh, again for a while, uh, potentially, or at least in Knox County here, or maybe looking at going back to what it was like in uh, April and May. God, man, it's, it's we're gonna make it through together though. We're gonna continue doing this show, obviously, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it together. Don't worry, we've got it. Order out. Yeah. To go food. Sometimes it's better eating at home. Yeah, at the beach, it was, it's a lot better. Is it? Yeah, like because most of the time you're you're waiting like an hour, an hour and a half. It's fair. Um, at restaurants at the beach, so if you get it to go, it's like fifteen minutes, and you go back to your room and you're you're comfortable. And then when it's over, you're done, and you don't have to tip as much. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, now you're good. Um, yeah, my it used to be my biggest reason to not want to go get it to go and eat at home which you couldn't obviously like get to go drinks mm-hmm. now that's a possibility so my troubles are all gone it's fine i can do it we're uh we're making it work uh maybe i'll cook more i don't know we'll see um probably not but here we are you here ready to are. get into the show I, we've got a great show for you guys we're doing doing the florida preview taking a deeper dive in than maybe we would uh during the season on that that wednesday before the florida game we're going to look at where they'll be when we play them, where where they'll be at the end of the season, it's uh, I think it's a better way to kind of look at opponents. I'm glad we kind of get this time, and uh, it'll be it'll be good. And we're also going to talk about some team news. Uh, some players have have been out have uh, kind of taken to to Twitter and use their platform again. We're going to talk all about that. Caden Salter participating at the Elite Eleven and made a huge jump from I guess night just two nights. Yeah. So I guess so, it's not yeah, the they, normal. They won day two. I guess that's not a normal. So, is how long is this going to go on? So right? it's two and a half days. So they finished yeah. up today. That's what I thought. Yeah, which isn't normal. It's normally a longer. Contest, yeah, I think it's right? like a week, right? I think so. Yeah, and the way they claimed the title winner is, I think, far different from how they usually do. So dumb. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk all about that. We do have our last little bit of the all-decade team doing specialists this time. My favorite. You know, no big deal. Kickers are people too. We're also got. We're going to talk about some high school sports, as I mentioned. Uh, Tennessee has might be buckling down again <clears throat> on the to address COVID, uh, COVID nineteen. So we're going to talk about how that's going to affect high school football and high school sports in general. It could affect every high school sport again. Yeah. So we'll it's talk about wild. that. That affects you. It'll affect me. Yep. And uh, then we've got some. If you got some questions, we, we, if you got them, drop them in here. I'm monitoring YouTube. And uh, Twitter, Landon's got Facebook. Drop those questions in. We'll be glad to answer them. 
Hope you all are doing well tonight. It's a it, first off, it was like seventy degrees this morning. It was awesome. Now oh, it's ninety five. Yeah, it's hot. But I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're uh, getting to spend time time with your family. A lot of you guys maybe starting your your uh, long weekend here either either tonight or tomorrow night. So yeah, tomorrow's Friday for me. Yeah, I'm pumped. The uh, Hamilton comes out Friday thir- Friday morning, three a.m. Friday morning. On uh, Disney Plus? On Disney Plus. I think I'm staying awake till 3 a.m. to watch okay. it. I, so is it <laughs> is it a movie? It's a or is it's, it the... it's a movie, yes, but it's a product it's the Broadway production. Okay. Yeah. It's it's the film Broadway production. I was in a dilemma whether to see it or not, because I want to see it live for the first time, but I can't contain my excitement. Yeah. So now I'm gonna be like the first person to see it. And Friday, <laughs> um the uh Johnny Majors. Yeah. No Friday night. Yeah, Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah, that'll drop. Is that ESPN? ESPNU. ESPNU. And then I think the following day it'll be on WVLT. Okay, nice. Channel eight. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. Hope. I guess I'll need to record that because I probably won't be home Friday night at eight. July Fourth weekend. I'm pumped. Yeah. America. 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 Um, I've also got one trivia question for you tonight. We'll get into that later. Okay. And I kind of kind of cheated. You may have seen this. You might have a. You might nail this one if you saw the tweet this week. Okay. Potential. I'm not going to tell you if I did see the tweet. I'm just going to nail it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine with me. Before we get into the show, we are about to talk. We are about to do the Florida preview. Landon's going to tell you guys about the people that make this show possible and how you can sign up to win gift cards here in just a... I mean, season would be two months two months away. We don't know right now. Yeah, I'm sure people are wondering, hey, where's the, the Hound Dogs giveaway? Well, uh, we're going to get back to that here soon, um, and there are actually going to be bigger giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned for that. Go check out Hound Dogs and Tennessee Tap House. They're the people that make this show possible. Um, so don't forget to go check them out. I think um, Tennessee Tap House is off Kingston Pike. Yeah, it's it's down towards uh, towards Hound Dogs. I've yep. got the exact address somewhere. Yeah, go check that. Go check them out. Um, also, drop in some comments. We'd love to yep. interact with you guys a little bit more. We already have some people. David Newcomb already said everybody just needs to keep their asses at home. <laughs> if you don't have football in September, like it's looking more and more every day, going to be some major issues or more issues, if it'll, you will. It'll probably be the more, most important issues. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's get right into it. You ready? Let's do it. Let's jump into the Florida preview. The more I... So, I think when we kind of started talking about this season a month ago, three weeks ago, I was feeling good about the Florida game. The more I started reading about this Florida team, don't feel great about the Florida game. Even though it's in Neyland. It is in Neyland. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about them. Because part of me is like, yeah, they lost a lot. And part of me is like... They gained a lot. Or kept a lot. And it's, it's Florida. And it's Florida. That... And it's at the beginning of the season, which is not our strong suit. Right. And you'd think winning in 2016 kind of got you over that that mental hurdle. But the way you lost in 17, and then the way you lost in 18. 18 was rough. And then you didn't play a great game in 19. Kind of yeah. tells me you didn't get over that mental hurdle at all. Yeah. Um, the good thing about this game that, that I kind of looked at it from our perspective is – we play a big game before this one, and they really, they really don't. They, no, they, they don't. play Eastern Washington, Kentucky, South Alabama before us, and it's their first away game. True. Could, 
I understand what you're saying in big in terms of big game. I will argue that the Kentucky game is conference. Yeah, that's true. Kentucky's improving. I mean, Kentucky, depending on how the other SEC East teams do, Kentucky could be looking at a. I think eight and four is probably their ceiling, but an eight and four finish. I mean, they could finish. Yeah, they could finish man. fairly high. I mean, someone had them finishing over. I don't remember who it was, and it's it could be a stupidity. I'm sure. Um, had them finishing over Georgia in the East. Yeah. Okay. I okay. I I agree. I'm just okay. saying. I mean, someone I, said. No, I'm, I'm not blaming you. I'm just like. <laughs> okay, you could make Kentucky to be a pretty decent football team, but putting them better than Georgia. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, but but looking at them a little bit, um, they return Kyle Trask, which is, you know, he, he's one of the best, if not the best, returning quarterback in the SEC. I think he's got to be the best, which is kind of crazy because I've said this. And it's kind of by default. It's it is kind of by default. Yeah. Not not that he had a good season. Um, almost 3,000 yards, 25 TDs, seven interceptions in 2019. But, yeah, it is a little bit by default. I mean, you lost Joe Burrow to a um, – you lost uh, Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. That's really probably it in last year in yeah. the SEC. And you lost all those guys. Kyle Trask did kind of have a – he had a great – he had a good season. He had a good season. I mean, most people are saying he's the best quarterback in the SEC, but almost everyone follows it up with what you just said, kind of by default. Yep. There's no one else really there to challenge him. Right. Yeah, and he – I mean, he did, he did a great job of coming in for Felipe Franks, and we were talking about Kentucky. He actually – Felipe Franks had a leg injury in the Kentucky game, mm-hmm. and that's when Kyle Trask took over. Um so I don't know. I don't really know. What, like I said, I don't know what to think about it. They have Kyle Pitts coming back, who is one of the best tight ends in uh, in college football. They have Jacob Copeland, who almost went to Tennessee. He'll be a sophomore, and then um, Marco Wilson will be their their top defensive back. Um, talking about who they lost, they lost um, most of their receiving court: Freddie Swain, Tyree Cleveland, Van Jefferson, Jonathan Grenard and uh, Jabari Zaniga was their two pass rushers that they lost. They combined for 12 and a half sacks last season. Um, they lost C.J. Henderson in the first round of the draft, and then David Reese was their leading tackler. He's gone as well. Yeah, going back to flipping back to offense, you talked about how they lost. They lost pretty much their entire receiving core. Mm-hmm. They lost almost all of their receiving yards outside of Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Outside yeah. of Pitts. Mm-hmm. And which he had, I think, seven, almost 700 yards. So, yeah. not that he was lacking production or anything. Right. But you did lose a big chunk. Now, there, there are plenty of weapons. Trevion Grimes, Kadarius Tony, that are expected to kind of fill those shoes and keep the ball rolling. And with the way Kyle Trask performed, I don't think that's impossible for mm-hmm. them to fill those shoes. But you did lose a large chunk of production. You did lose uh, Piron, Michael Piron, who was one of the better running backs in the in the SEC last year. Um I think he had almost a thousand yards last year, just short uh seven hundred. I think just short of seven hundred. Yeah. Um, so you did lose that, but they get uh who's the transfer from um Miami? Uh, Lorenzo 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 Lingard, and then Damian Pierce, who rushed for almost four hundred yards, who's expected again another guy that's expected kind of just to fill those roles. And I think with Kyle Trask being a returner and being a solid returner. I think that's a possibility. You take some of that pressure off the run game and you allow guys to kind of just step in and fill those shoes. Now, I'm not saying that's a guaranteed. It, LaMichael Piron, I think, was a three-year starter for Florida. Yeah, and they were like 13 in, in, 13th in the SEC in, in rushing last 
last year? Is yeah, that, they is only averaged like 130 yards a game. Now, yeah. they averaged almost 300, 315 Right, they, they passed the ball more. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it seemed like that the the run game was lacking. And then and that's look a, at the their receivers that they lost. That looks good. Right, and, and then you mentioned the run, the run game, how it wasn't phenomenal. That's also a lot on the offensive line. Yeah. They were one of the worst offensive lines in the SEC East. Now, I think they return everybody but two, maybe, or one or two. And I think some of those guys that fill in are, are pretty highly rated guys. So it's like you yeah. expect that offensive line to improve. You expect that jump to happen. Hopefully it doesn't because that makes it far more difficult for Kyle Trask, which is what you need. Um, but, I mean, they also have – and I said this, and I know it's a hot take. I feel like Emory Jones is just as talented, if not more talented, than Kyle Trask. I, th- I think they'll still split some yeah. snaps, um, and, and they'll try to utilize him. I don't know. Like, what is what is Emory Jones think? Because I'm sure he wants to be the guy. Yeah. At, at what point is he just like, I'm leaving? Hey, I mean, I feel like he has to feel good about his chances if he doesn't transfer this off, if he didn't transfer this offseason. Yeah, because tra- Kyle Trask, is he a senior? I think so. Okay. I mean, yeah. then you have probably two years, I guess. But still. Yeah. If he, the, because they're going to bring in, they're bringing in, they have the number one quarterback. Is it, yeah, Del Rio's coming in. Yeah, he's he's a, a four star out of Grayson. So, I don't know. It's, and especially with the way the college football world, with the, the way quarterbacks are, if you don't, there's plenty of places to start. I got to imagine he feels decent about his chances of a, getting a start, you know, of winning that job. Now, maybe he's just a guy that's going to grind out and, you know, try to fight adversity and do what he can. But just the way the the quarterback situation worked in college football now, i got to imagine he feels pretty good about his chances of getting significant playing time or winning the job, either one, or he would have left. Yeah. I mean, it's still another guy you have to prepare for. Yeah. Um, But I, one thing that, that I've kind of – Seen with Dan Mullen is he is banking on this transfer portal to work. Oh yeah, seven guys out of the transfer portal, seven yeah. and three or four former five stars. But you look at former five stars, there's a reason why they left that school. It could be you know the situation they're in, but a, a lot of that is you know they weren't playing. Um, and, and Lorenzo Lingard, running back from Miami, former five star. Justin Shorter, wide receiver from Penn State, former five star. Brenton Cox, defensive end from Georgia, former five-star. And then four more guys. I think an offensive lineman from Mississippi State, a linebacker from UCLA, and I think a kicker. Um, and I don't remember the other one. But So, that I mean, he's banking on a lot of these guys to come in and play right now. Yeah. Um, especially with the with the guys you lost. Brenton Cox. Brenton Cox came in last year, didn't he? I thought he sat out a year last year. He, didn't, he did not play at – he transferred – I thought he was at Florida last year, though. Was he not? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't no. think he was. But he is, he is um, granted immediate eligibility, and gotcha. so is Lingard. Justin Shorter still yes, has to, I knew. to get that, but both of those guys have it. And Lingard was, I think he was, wasn't he the number two back at Miami last year? I mean, I don't think he saw a lot of carries. Yeah, I think he played like eight games and then transferred. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's banking on, on because we, we've seen the, the transfer portal, it, Sometimes it works for you. It worked right. for LSU last year, but sometimes it's just a waste. It, not not really waste, but just like it, you don't, it just doesn't help. Yeah, you don't get them as early as you think you may. Right. 
Yeah, so he's banking on a lot of that. And he's had some bad off-seasons. I mean, a so, lot of kids leaving the program. Yeah. A lot of kids, um, you know, signing a letter of intent and then getting out of it to go somewhere else. There's just been some weird things go on at Florida. Um, Brenton Cox transferred midway through the season to Florida. Okay. Yes. I thought he I thought he might have been there. For some reason, I was thinking he was there when we played, when Tennessee played them, but I guess not. Gotcha. I don't know what midway means. Yeah. Um, but Florida's always going to have a good defense. Uh, Todd Grantham does a great job. Um, so I, I, I don't think they'll fall off too much. No, and that's kind of – and they return, especially in the secondary, they did lose uh, C.J. Henderson. But they also returned plenty of guys who, who made plenty of impactful plays in that secondary. Uh, so, I, don't, I mean, I don't – I don't know how much you really lose there. I think it's notable to say you lost a, a first round guy, but it's I don't know how much you lost in the secondary. Really, yeah. truly. Yep. Yeah. I, I think with this game, if you if the score gets in the forties and you know high thirties, I think Tennessee probably loses. Yeah, it, you you're not. I don't think, especially the way the, this offense clicked last year, I, mm-hmm. I doubt you're going to be able to boat race them. Yeah, um, but if it's low thirties, you know high twenties, I, I feel like Tennessee will have a chance. Um, at least to be in the game. Who's the starting quarterback come this, come week week four? I don't know. I mean, I I think the what's good about having the Oklahoma game, I feel like you get a feel of who can, you know, shine in the spotlight. I mean, I don't. Do we even see Harrison Bailey by this point though? I don't know. Like, have, have we seen him I yet really in week two? And dude, and and the more I think about this quarterback competition, the more I kind of like put out Brian Maurer. But part of me thinks like he's still in it because I feel like he's he's kind of a, been a leader. Yeah, I mean on this team, like anytime you see this this team out anywhere, Brian Mauer's right in the center of it. If anything, the only thing that's keeping I don't know if it's necessarily the leadership per se. Now this falls into kind of that leadership category. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, but I don't know if it's just leadership. It's I think it's more so the the passion and fight yeah. that keeps him in it. Now that's, that's going to also kind of, you're going to step up, you know, that's going to na- naturally put you in a leadership position typically. But I, I feel like he just, he kind of willed plays when he was on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that may keep him in it. Whereas that we know that's not necessarily JG's, you know, forte. I don't know if it's Harrison Bailey's. I don't haven't seen anything from Harrison Bailey and especially in college football. Yeah. So I have no idea. Um, but while we're talking about the quarterback situation, I mean, you got to assume JG's feeling good about it. He's got a returning offensive coordinator. He, he's he's been in the system for a year now. Uh, you've seen the the coach have his back for a, a full season, at least. A dang you know, good offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> outspoken to have his back. And now he's tweeting about playing 14 games, which is irritating as hell to me. Why are we not playing the 15th game if we're playing 14? <laughs> but he's going to be in that SEC championship game, according to his Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I love I love the Maybe he just bought his ticket. Um maybe. No, they're not selling tickets yet. Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're giving are they giving refunds? No, 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 no. They just uh they're oh, supposed to open on July 27th. Okay, but as of now they're not. Gotcha. So but so that that could that's not that's not what's happening. That's good news. I like the confidence for one. I, I love it. Act like yeah. you're going to, you know, act like you're going to be there. Plan to be there. I hope he's right. If he's our starting quarterback when we make it to Atlanta, I'd love to eat my words for pretty much everything else I've said about him. Absolutely. I think everybody would. Yeah. I'll take that. But if you're going to play 14 games, make it 15. Just make it 15. 
Yeah, I, I'm. But if if you're in Atlanta, then you give your you give yourself a chance, right? Because I I feel like that's kind of how Florida is. Like, look at their schedule of how it lines up for them. I mean, if you know, a lot of people are penciling them in to be in Atlanta and then having a chance at the college football playoff. I think Florida's floor is nine and three. Oh yeah, floor. Yeah, I mean their, their schedule is easy. Because like your your toughest games is a brand new LSU team at home, mm-hmm. brand spanking new. There there's not there. Jamar have, Chase is you have probably some receivers. It. Yeah, that's it. Um, Georgia and Jacksonville, which that's going to be probably your most difficult game, but yeah. it's not a road game, and, and it's Georgia has to play Auburn and Alabama. So I mean they're they're kind of in the driver's seat already for the East before they even play Georgia. And then so and then Tennessee at Tennessee's probably your third away. toughest game, and if that's my third toughest game, if I'm an SEC head and it, coach, it's my, it might be their second. I don't know how LSU is going to be. I still got to put LSU in front of Tennessee, and if I'm an SEC head coach and I'm looking at it and going, Tennessee's my third toughest game. Yeah, my floor is nine and three. That's yeah. my floor. Yeah. My floor. I may be thinking my floor is ten and two. Yeah, I mean, look at their look at their road games they have. It's Vanderbilt, Missouri. No, no, Missouri's at home. South Vanderbilt. Carolina. S- nope, South Carolina's at home. Ole Miss. Are they playing every game at home this year? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> they play at Florida State. Um, so, their last, besides Florida State, the last game of the season, their last road game, true road game, is Ole Miss, October 17th. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, they're looking at that Florida schedule. I'm not saying Tennessee is ridiculously tough because I think this is kind of similar to last season where you looked at it and you go, you kind of get a gift in the West with uh, playing Mississippi State. This year, that's Arkansas. Then you get now Oklahoma. That is a tough out-of-conference schedule Mm -hmm. or out-of-conference game. Um, You get Georgia later in the year, which I like. I don't know if Missouri changes. The good news is, is if Missouri stays in that slot, you don't have to go play a cold game in Columbia. Yeah. I mean, that's the good news. Which, this Missouri game's a home game, so that doesn't matter. So, I don't know. I mean, Florida's schedule is very, very favorable. Uh, I think you could... I think the only games you could mark down as even probable losses are I'll give it Tennessee, Georgia, LSU. And I'll even give you Kentucky, just because I think the way Kentucky's culture has changed, I think that makes that game... And it's your first conference game. It makes that game much, much more challenging. Yeah, I just have a like. I know how bad Kentucky is when they come in Neyland Stadium. I think it's they're probably even worse in the swamp. They almost won two years ago. Two years ago in the swamp, and they left a receiver butt naked open. On a, I do remember that. On yeah, a that two was, point conversion or a goal on play. Yeah, that was trash. So they should have won. Mm-hmm. And then last year they probably win if freaking or they now I don't know if they win, but they they did probably don't. They even had a come, chance. They had a chance, but that was probably because. Uh, Cash Daniel is in there twisting Kyle Trask ankles. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But he apologized for it, bro. Yeah. What did he say to you? Something about sitting in your couch. I don't know. Yeah, your uh, your ten seconds of fame. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Cash Daniels <laughs> is the worst. He wanted to come to Tennessee so bad, and we didn't want him. God, we should have though. No, I don't <laughs> want him. Freaking Butch Jones. <laughs> um. Butch Jones. Yeah, that's that's kind of all I got for Florida. I think it's. Florida's. Three. I don't hate it. No, Florida's three and zero coming into this game. 
Tennessee's got a chance to Tennessee's got a chance to almost elevate themselves. What sucks is you can almost mark Alabama as a loss. And I'm just not willing to mark Georgia as a win right now. So you've got two SEC losses. You're talking about this. If you beat Florida, it could be Florida's only SEC loss. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you were better, I could almost say this is for the a chance to go to the SEC title game. I don't think that's true. What if it's a tie? So what if... You what do if, have to beat Florida to go to this game. So what, what if Tennessee beats Florida... And then we lose to Georgia and Alabama. Georgia beats. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't work. Never mind. But you're um, going Georgia beats. You're you're going Florida beats Georgia and Georgia beats Tennessee, and it's a three way tie. Yeah, man, I can look up what the tiebreakers so, are. Yeah, what would what would the tiebreaker be? Because and they each have two. Everybody has two losses. Yeah, would they go off East? Would they go off that? Record? Records of the Todd teams within the division. So, yeah. So Oh, so overall record. Or no, or no, no, divi- no, the divisional thing, record. Divisional record. Okay. So, we would have, if assuming Tennessee loses to Alabama and not an SEC East opponent, yes. Well, then, so let's let's say Georgia loses to Auburn. Let's, hold on a second. I'll pull up the top right here. I'm pulling the top right here. Let's say... Um, Georgia loses to all, so everybody loses to their West opponent. So okay. Florida loses to LSU. Okay. That'd be fun. And then it's a records against the team within the division with the best overall divisional and non-divisional conference record. <laughs> I had this uh, this thing. I mean, it, it could go on and on if if that was a scenario, which would be a fun scenario. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I don't so think it's I'll read exactly cause... what it says for three or team. So we've already gotten past. We're we're on to the third tiebreaker now. That would be records against the team within the division with the best overall divisional and non-divisional conference record and proceeding through the division. So I guess you would look at their then, wins over in the West. It would, it would already so it would go to the whoever was in fourth place in the division. So if assuming, it, but I mean everybody had to beat the that person in that division. So it would go to complete record versus non-division teams. That'd be the same. Complete record versus all common non-division divisional teams. That would be the same. Okay, so then it'd pretty much go to who your west opponent, your rotating west opponent was, and their record. Yeah. So so we would so we'd be in. No, because Arkansas would probably be terrible. Okay, so I'm saying if we lose to Alabama, Georgia loses to Auburn, and Florida loses to LSU. Yeah, I don't know. That would. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wait, Georgia loses to who? Auburn. Yeah, yeah. So. So it may okay. So yeah, I guess you could. It could be Alabama. It could be Alabama. Yeah, it could put you in. Playing out, this is where it could, if that scenario played out exactly, that could be when playing the best team in the opposite division helps you out, actually. So the one time it would help. The us. one time, yeah. It would never get to that. But no. if it did, there there you go. There's the the perk of playing Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have some, some comments. Are, do you have anything else for Florida? Not really. I think I don't think this game's impossible to win. I think they have a lot of questions. And you, you talk about playing them early on. Mm-hmm. And that's great. However, it's going to take an excellent – I think we have – Tennessee has a ton of questions 
defensively starting at the defensive line that if you don't get pressure on Kyle Trask, I mean, we saw last year in his second start, first start, first, first start. It was right after Kentucky, right? Yeah, first start, what he could do at top. Mm. And the biggest question right now for Tennessee is, can you get pressure from the defensive line? So I think that's, I mean, I think, feel like that's the main question. And then obviously quarterback play. Yeah, I, I think you you can't let them sit back there and pick you to pick you apart. You have to you have to give your because the the defense the defensive backs made some plays um, right. when we got pressure and you know when we threw him off his rhythm. But when he was when he was dialed in, it was which that's what makes me nervous is is the defensive the front seven. Mm-hmm. I think there's just a ton of questions front seven and then obviously the quarterback are the biggest questions. Not only coming into the season, but coming into these specific games. Do you remember when we were, uh, I think we were at Kentucky and we were watching, we were at KS Bar and we were watching um, Vanderbilt and Florida play. Do you remember the score of that game? Vanderbilt had a chance in like the the second quarter, didn't it? Like it looked close, didn't it? I thought it was. What game was close and I was like, that's absurd to me. I have to look at it. What week that was? It was fifty six to nothing. Was the final score? Okay, so maybe they were in yeah. it, but it was there was some. That's game, what the there was some game. I think it was an SEC game. Maybe no LSU and Alabama played that week. That's the game I remember watching. Okay, right? Yeah, that game was probably on like a couple screens yeah. off to the side. I remember yeah, watching remember LSU, that. but there was some absurd. So we got some uh, some comments over here. Um... So Steve Stephen Phillips said, "I heard the powers to be are talking about the season starting in February. I don't know what to think about that. I don't. I I just have a hard time believing they're gonna move because then then you like are fighting for with spring sports. I mean, my biggest issue with everything right now that decisions that are being made right now don't need to be made right now." It's incredibly frustrating, and it's going to be my when we get talk about high school sports. It's going to be my biggest grievance. There's decisions being made that don't need to be made right now. Why are we making them? You have until what? I mean, you could put the players through fall camp and cancel the game. You they're already on campus. What's going to hurt them more? Yeah, like you don't need to make that decision right now. I mean, I'm sure those in talks. Here's the thing: they're laying out a bunch of scenarios. So just because they're talking about it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm sure that scenario is in play, but I got to imagine that it is last last case scenario right now. I got to imagine that. I hope. I should say that. I hope. Hmm. So David Newcomb said the last time they were tied, um, the highest BCS ranking went. But there's no BCS ranking anymore. So would they not? What, what about the college football playoff ranking? Maybe this. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, that might be right. I'm just. This is Wikipedia. He said this happened in 2003. Gotcha. This is Wikipedia. Okay. Um. So that doesn't make it right. <laughs> but that is. I, I did read it, and then I mean, it goes all the way to eight tiebreakers, and the eighth tiebreaker is the old good old, uh, um, Friday Night Lights coin flip of the Todd teams. I love that. I love a good. I love a good coin flip. And if, if Philip Fulmer or Jeremy Pruitt, whoever gets to go represent Tennessee, and I assume Birmingham, when they flip the coins, they better take a, the Harvey Dent coin. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> unless the unless it's tails, and then you're screwed. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be so nerve-wracking to watch. 
that you had no control like no one has really any control over so this is just messed up but it's a great story so my brother played he was like 10 12 years old played in a soccer tournament and however it worked out it was like round robin and the winner of the bracket in the round robin bracket each winner there were two of them went to the championship game mm-hmm. so the round robin ended up tied somehow and they did a coin flip didn't tell my brother's team it was him them and another team and i guess all the tiebreakers they didn't have enough i don't know it was a obviously poorly organized tournament they flipped a coin without my brother's team even present <laughs> and obviously they lost i mean and went through <laughs> i was like that is absurd and i'm sure some South Knoxville parents lost their minds about it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Speaking about people losing their minds. Everybody right now? Yep. About the next topic we're going to talk about. All right, where are we at? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about the players' comments. So I actually, I didn't want to, I thought we could just say exactly what they said first. Because um, I don't know if everybody's seen them. Do you think everybody's seen them by now? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, so... If I won't play the clips because it is a pretty long, I think like a twenty minute conversation on the Slice podcast. Yep. They have, um, if I remember correctly, it's Trey Smith, T. Martin, Alante Taylor, Josh Palmer. Who's the fifth? Greg something. Greg. I can't remember who it was. Was it um, Calvert or no, no, Carvin? No. no, I can't remember who it was. Now I'll have to go look. Um, but. Anyway, so I guess uh, Trey Smith and Josh Palmer felt like they needed to tweet about it because I guess there were some maybe confused people, um, maybe some people that hadn't listened to it yet. So they tweeted out pretty much what was said, but I'm going to read their exact words what they tweeted. This is Trey Smith first. He said, Vol Nation was one of the biggest influences in me making my decision to come to the University of Tennessee. One of the hungriest, most tenacious, and most passionate fan bases I've ever been around. I can't think of another fan base as loyal as well. I've grown up in Tennessee all my life. I love this state. It's my own. It's it's my home. It's where I'd like to remain, but we must address the issue that we see. When uh, Trevion Flowers, was he on it? Or no, that's, sorry, Flowers on it. Yes, Joshua Palmer. Josh Palmer. And I made those statements. We were not attacking our beloved fan base. We were bringing attention to hurtful comments that you can see are still prevalent on my prior post. I love Vol fans because true volunteers come together to help in times of crisis. That's what we are about. No, dev- no divisive rhetoric, simply unity. At no point whatsoever am I trying to corrupt minds or bestow my political beliefs upon people. I'm not trying to force, I'm not forcing anything like that whatsoever. Everyone is entitled to their own political beliefs. That's American. However, if you continue to have a racist, prejudice, or suppressive speech mentality, we cannot make progress and your ideals do not match the volunteer spirit. God bless and go Vols. Isaiah 117. So that's Trey Smith's comments. Back to the Josh Palmer tweet and what he said in the slice. This was. Josh Palmer released a tweet. He typed in his notes. Uh, first, he said, thank you to the fans for your continued support. This is Josh Palmer. We appreciate you so much. Hashtag equality. Hashtag respect. Hashtag handshaking emoji. Hashtag ball for life. And this is what he said. He said, some folks who heard slash read my statement may have incorrectly interpreted or understood what I said and automatically perceived this statement as some kind of attempted indoctrination scheme. My statement is not about forcing support of the Black Lives Matter organization. It is to make a point unequivocally that we are more than just college football players who are simply asking for basic human decency off of the field. We are asking that fans authentically support who we as people of color off of the field with the same energy brought to the stands. Our experiences off the field matter and are tremendously important and very impactful. This is not a political play. 
ploy, and just because some of us received hard-earned scholarships and have with much gratitude received the benefits thereof does not mean we must be muzzled. So to the confused commenters, I genuinely hope for the sake of clarity, you now understand for the context of my prior statement. Um, so I guess start off. What they said? What, what they what, said in the tweet. Or, or, or I'm saying what, what they said in the, in the slice is what kind of set people off. And then they put those out to well, kind of clarify. The issue was a lot of people that were upset had not listened to the slice. Exactly. So, so this is what the the tweet that kind of set people off, and it was Trey Wallace um, quoted what Josh Palmer uh, a, a brief snip of what Josh Palmer said in the right. slice, and he says at this point, or this is Josh Palmer at this point, any fans out there, if you guys don't support us as human beings, don't come to the games because I'd rather have nobody in the stands than a bunch of fakes who pretend to like us because we entertain them. And then Trey Smith says, I'll second that 100%. At the end of the day, I'm not here for your simple amusement and entertainment. I am also a human being. I can think. I'm educated. I speak well. I'm still a person. At the end of the day, we can't remain muzzled up. That's what that's what sets people off. And, and I'll say this. Support the players on and off the field. That's number one. I didn't have any issue with what Josh Palmer or Trey Smith said because – I listened to the whole entire thing. And right. that's that's the issue. People did not listen to the whole thing. They they saw this tweet and they picked out a part that they didn't like and they ran with it. They but, they didn't read the whole entire context of it. They read they don't want us in the stands. That that's another thing I want to address. I don't even have a problem with what Trey Wallace. Yes, it was a snippet of what they said. Right. But also if you read that whole thing and get mad you, about it, what are you you're obviously taking it out of context. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important as a context. They actually talk about how their experiences in Knoxville have been overall great. Yeah. Um, they do talk about how sometimes they get looked at different for reasons they don't understand that they have to assume have to do with their skin color. And then when they mention they're a football player, and T. Martin even has talks about having some of these experiences uh, when he was a player and now. And then they realize they're a football player and the attitude around them changes. I've seen that, so I certainly know it's true, so it, it's not fake. Um, but why do you have a problem with what they're saying? And, and the issue of, you know, they need fans. Yeah, they need fans. But I think like everyone in life who needs companionship or who needs a mother and father or who needs siblings, if they're treating you poorly, you don't need them. Right. Just like fans who they need. Yeah. They need fans to have a team and have a, a program to play for and ultimately have those scholarships and ultimately um, play in the NFL and ultimately be paid in the NFL. Yes, they need fans. I think everyone can agree being treated like a human is much more important than all of those things. Yeah, and that's what they're saying. Yeah, 100%. They're, they're not dogging a fan base. They're not saying anything. If you support them on and off the field and them having a voice and standing up for their beliefs, then they're not really talking to you. Right, but it's the one percent that get mad and, and take something out of context and and, and run with it and, and think that they should just shut up and play ball. No, that's that's not true. Your that's, human right is to have a voice. That's the whole point. Is they're not going to shut up and play ball. And you, if you're the one saying just shut up and play ball, they're they are talking to you. Yeah. Now there's a lot of people who are upset because they're like, well, I'm a fan. And I'm white. Are you talking to me? The issue is not a skin color issue. No, it's they're not, not saying. We don't like our white fans because they may feel this way. 
they're not talking to you if you're not saying shut up and dribble or shut up and throw a football or hit somebody. If you're not that person, they're not talking to you. It has nothing to do with this color of your skin and everything to do with your attitude. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. It's it's the one percent, and you know this isn't everything. That there's there's always that certain group that ruin it for everybody. Yeah. And that certain group think think they shouldn't have a voice because they're young and football players or even people of color. That's that's freaking ridiculous. Which is an absolutely incredible statement to make to be like you're a football player. You shouldn't have an opinion about this. So your child that goes to a school is just a person majoring in business management. Yep. Who the who gives enough about their opinion then? If that's the statement you're taking, oh cool, you're a mortgage broker at wherever. Who gives an f what you have to say about politics then? If that's the argument we're making, yep. why are you tweeting about it? Why are you? That's what makes zero sense. I've never heard someone like go into their go to their boss's office and be like. All you do is you're the head of an HR department. Shut the F up. No one cares who you support politically. No one's ever said that in their entire lives. Yep. So why are we saying it about football players? The the, the whole thing is just listen. That That's the problem with, with this. That's the problem with society. Listen to what these kids have to say because it might, it, it might help you later on. It, yeah. I mean, the, these kids are, are good uh, leaders on the field. Trey Smith and Josh Palmer are great ambassadors of Tennessee and are, are great leaders already in this community at a young age. So what we need to do is get these freaking get these Q-tips out right here and let's clean some freaking ears and just listen. Yeah. I, mean, I love your it, 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 Thanks. And you're already cheering for them on Saturdays in the fall. It's not that hard to cheer for them every single day. It's not hard. Yeah, and, and then the... Also, another thing about, because a lot of people want to use the, the issue with the Black Lives Matter organization. Well, if instead of just telling them that what they believe is wrong, and instead meeting them and listening and talking with them, maybe you're feeling, that's another issue too. It's a lot of people, a lot of people want to say just because they believe one part of something, they can't support them at all. That is an absolutely absurd take. And if you agree with everything anyone you voted for says, that is an issue. Yeah. That is an issue. If you be, if you agree with everything your brother says, your parent says, that is an issue. And you need to you need to look at who you are and how you've come to have the thoughts you have. I don't agree with everything Landon says, and we're good but we're best friends. Thank you. Appreciate. You're welcome. He doesn't agree with everything, I th- and that's fine. We're n- no one in the entire world is going to agree, but to put these, it's it's the shut up and dribble. It's it, it, and it's it, that. And you can say it's the, they support the Black Lives Matter organization, and it's a terrorist organization. Blah blah blah. That's not it. That's not it. You have a problem with a young black athlete speaking up for themselves, and that scares. I don't know why it scares people. I don't know why. Um, I don't get it. I, I, I don't see how hard it is. If, if you just read everything these kids are saying, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't see how you can just cheer for them when they put on a uniform, but when they walk outside, then, then you want to have nothing to do with them. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the guys who are like, I'm never going to. You must be a terrible parent. The guys that are like, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna go to another game 
because you guys went to a peaceful protest or because you want to raise money with black jerseys. No one wants your money. So take it on somewhere. Yeah. In fact, Phil Former said that a long time ago in the letter he released on behalf of the athletic department. He said it. He, he said, you, if you do not match, like, and it's not agree with 100% of our ideals, but it's match up with where we're going to go progress wise and supporting these student athletes. If you don't agree with that, go on. And that is something that needs to be important. It, it's not agreeing with them 100%, but it's matching up with our ideals and the idea of make, making, addressing the issue first, acknowledging there's an issue and then trying to improve from it. Yep. What's up, Chris? Go, go, Tigers. We are from Knoxville, both of us. Are we Smokies fans? I'm a Cubs fan, so yes. The minor league. <laughs> they got a no 2020 minor league. No 2020 minor leagues. That's, that's, leagues. that's unfortunate. Also, um, I want you to know, go Tigers. Chris, go, go, Tigers. We're, I am. I think we both said it. If we were going to be a fan of any other SEC fan base, LSU. It and it probably has more to do with Edward Geron than anything else, if we're just being 100% honest. And New Orleans. Oh, and New Orleans. Okay, yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But... But there you go. Back to this, I mean, support the players on and off the field. Yeah. It's, it's not hard. And, you know, I, I think the 1% that they're kind of talking to in, in that little snippet is they would be enraged if somebody took away their voice. So why is it okay for these student athletes not? I mean, yeah. It's, it's Obviously, they're the dumb ones taking to Twitter. <laughs> it's wild. I've, I mean, I'm going to have to it's gonna have to happen. I can't. A lot of a lot of people's colors. They have they have nothing else to do, so they're on Twitter just going nuts. I've had to delete my Facebook. I've gotten it back, but I had to delete it for a time. I also want to say this. I think I I think I've said it on this podcast, and I've definitely said it to people I know. Um, And I think it's very important. I think I even said it with Jarnell Stokes, and and I think he kind of you know said it as well. It is not everyone's job to be an activist. It's not. You don't have to be. Not everybody, not only does not everybody have that, or not an act, activist isn't the right word, leader, leader. But the you, you do have a job of caring for people. And when you see someone doing something wrong, treating people poorly, you do have a job to stand up for those people. Yep. And it's that simple. Not everyone's going to be a leader. Not everyone's going to be able to it's just not. Some of us aren't in roles to do that. But we also need to support the leaders, the guys who are standing up. I'm very proud of what the athlete, what the players are doing at Tennessee. And I, and if there's ever something that I think they're wrong on, or and not not wrong necessarily, but like inherently doing something to harm people, I guess they're doing something to harm people. I'd gladly call that out yeah but they're not doing anything to harm anyone no. they're only trying to help themselves and other black athletes and other people of color in everywhere yeah so i agree yep Caden salter in the yeah. elite 11 that, that was good stuff that was a good conversation I, I think that you know you, you need a lot more of these good conversations to move forward and hopefully that was that was one yeah. of them um, real quick, what's up, Carter, uh, on YouTube? Yeah, Carter from Picked Off. Also, if you guys, we have a ton of shows. We, we mentioned at the beginning when you do, we mentioned in the middle too. Um, Carter from Picked Off just just commented, and uh, yeah, we need to we need to all get on some shows, do some collabs soon. But make sure you check out Picked Off, um, and then also the Volunteer Road Show. Um, we've got plenty of shows and content at VolunteerRoadShow.com. Make sure you check that out. Yep. 
Um, Travis Martin asked what our Twitter Twitter handles are. Mine's at Lambo underscore Raby10. I checked that before to make sure I knew <laughs> nice. it. Nice. Um, and Caleb's is at Caleb underscore TN. Yep. That's it. I hadn't changed it yet. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't deleted it yet. No. Or been suspended, whichever one. I'm not going to get suspended. <laughs> I may. One day. Not anytime soon, but one day I might. Uh, Caden Salter, uh, Tennessee commit competing at the Elite 11. Uh, the last kind of couple quarterbacks have been um, Elite 11 participants. Yeah, we, were, we were wrong on the show the other day. Yeah. Harrison <laughs> Bailey, Brian Maurer, JG, Josh Dobbs. Um, I'm sure it goes back further than that, but that's kind of as far right. as I care to go about right now. Um, Trent D- Dilfer had some comments about Caden Salter after the, the day one performance. I think he struggled a little bit. He was rated the or ranked number 19 out of 20 um, after that first day. But, I mean, you, you got to think about, you know, he's coming all the way from Texas. And, and a lot of these kids are coming all the way from across the country to – to Blackman High School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And they haven't really had organized football in no. months. So I'm sure that I'm sure that first day was a lot of knocking off the rust. Um but Dilfer said uh the kid had some juice in his body. Some juice. I don't I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. <laughs> um but he said he wouldn't be surprised if he can one step a three sixty dunk. That's kind of the what, Dang. I, I don't know if that's juice. I saw where he could throw on the run, but yeah. going, going to a 360 um, dunk is quite the Yeah, adventure. but yeah, got the juice. You got the juice. I always got the juice. <laughs> I like it. That's my new thing. Just everybody juicing. Actually, that's probably not a good thing. Um, which, Sorry. I guess if everybody juicing. Yeah. <laughs> easy, easy on the word juice now. Yeah. You got to back um, that up a hair. <laughs> but uh, the second day, they did kind of a pro day um, style and... Uh, he was ranked the number seven quarterback after day two, so really improved the stock. So um, that wasn't just on the – he wasn't ranked number seven on the day. That was he after jumped, day two, yes. So he jumped eight rankings, eight he, spots? Yeah, 19 to, to seven. That's not right. 12. Nine, yeah, 12, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I was mad math. Hard. math. <laughs> Don't um, give me subtraction or addition or any math. <laughs> You're a good social studies guy. Yeah, that's it. Um, but he had a score of 36. I think he was actually finished sixth in the the pro day competition, um, but threw well on the run. And then today they kind of had a, a target practice thing. Um, and, and I watched the session with it. it. It wasn't bad. I'm sure he'd like some of those throws back. But he was mostly on target. The thing is, like, you had to get it through the target. So you did throw it hard enough where it had to go through. Was it, it wasn't just paper either. It was like no, it was like yeah, yeah, some kind of mat. Um, All right, so he may not be juicing. He just got the juice, right? Um, but I mean, one one of the things with his uh, his and and with with Caden Salter, I thought we were just kind of when his name first kind of came up, I'm like, oh, we're just taking a quarterback, yeah, to take I, one. I kind of thought that too. Um. But I mean, the the kid's the number sixty two player in the country per two four seven, um, and, and plays at a real I think six A football in Texas, so got to be good, right? Yeah, if I you, mean, if you make it to the playoffs in six A in Texas, you you got to be pretty good. Um, but I, I think he kind of struggled today. I think he finished outside of the top eleven, which is weird. I don't understand what the elite eleven is trying to do because then they went back and said, 
oh, 75% of the MVP rankings are based off your junior film. So I was, I was irritated with that at first. I started thinking about it. I, it has to be because of how short this Elite 11 was. Because yeah. it's typically longer. I, I got to imagine they weren't able to do that due to COVID. Right, surely. Right, but I, but I feel like your your junior film. I, I feel like that's that's already what two four seven and rivals doing. This should be more of the the actual competition. I mean, you had three days. Yeah, it probably should pick an MVP from the three days. It probably should have been more of a like fifty fifty deal. Yeah, like uh, have a pre ranking when you come into it and then play it from there. I would have been okay with that. So yeah, I guess I do take a little bit of issue. But initially, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, I guess. They probably do want to see some, because I, I know typically like a few years ago, this has been probably seven or eight years ago, because I watched it when, uh, when we were still in high school. I mean, they did like film studies and stuff. And like mm-hmm. you have to go in there and, and draw and answer questions. Like it is it is a lot of the mental game. So I guess you're not getting a ton of that and it's all field. So I guess they're trying to take what they see, what they see them do on the field and in games. It's problem, yeah. I guess. I agree though. Probably I, I should. I think they could have made this thing bigger because, I mean, people are craving sports. I feel like they could have put this on some channel, like ESPNU I mean, yeah, or, or something like that, and people would tune into it and, and really get behind it. But didn't then you kind of like – you put a lot of stuff on like Instagram Live. Um, that's how I got to watch all the sessions. Okay. Um, but but after – then they're like, oh, 75% of it was – wasn't even based on this competition. I'm See, like, that's, what in the world? Yeah, maybe that number's too high. Probably should have been like, I probably would have been okay with like a 50-50. Here's what I probably would have been okay with. If they had just been like, hey, we are going to rank you all on your, what we what we saw on your junior year film. We're going to rank you and then you got to go beat the number one guy. Number one guy's got to hold a spot pretty much. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that was very strange because the, the highest rated quarterback won. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was 75%. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that. But I like Caden Salter. I think he's. I like the the nickname Salt. They kept calling him Salt. Interesting. Salt and pepper. Interesting. Um, but he's got the juice. Um, I think he's a little like skinny. Like he could probably fill out his, his frame a little bit. Yeah. Um, the kid can move. He got the juice. He got the juice. <laughs> I love it. I do like that line. Who said it? Trent Dilfer though. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much you can take from him, but yeah, hey, I I'll, I'll take the, the one-liner. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> um, real quick, he uh, Justin Worley. Carter said Justin Worley thinks was Elite 11. It wouldn't surprise me. Worley is a guy that every year at Tennessee he went to the was, Peyton Man- Was Dormady in it too? I feel like he could have. Possibly. He was a high-rated. High yeah, I think Yeah, I think he was. I mean, he was a four-star guy. Yeah. Um, Worley was a guy that every year he went to the Manning Passing Academy, the Mannings raved about him, so... One of the, he's one of those. He's still going to check. He is. <laughs> Somehow, some way. <laughs> is Worley? Worley? Oh, not Worley. No, not Peterman. Worley. I'm, I'm thinking Peterman. Peterman. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Someone someone went after Peterman the other day. It was unfortunate. I can't remember what happened. I think it was a... Was it a simulated computer game, maybe? And someone said, did they start Peterman? Because <laughs> they were down like 56 to nothing at the half. Gosh. <laughs> I've seen a lot of... I've seen a lot of this picture going around it's like a scoreboard and it's like 2020 um 42 and earth zero like i've seen a lot of that this week it's fitting maybe that's what it was and it was did, did we start peterman or something yeah uh probably did probably 
Um, all decade team, real quick. Wanna Specialist, get to it? yeah. Specialist. We we already did kicker kind of. Um, Brent Maglia. It's yep. easy. C Mag. No, no, no question. Love the passion. He's he should be uh, all American this year. Probably should have been last year, but yep. expect that from him this year. Um, the way Peru kind of manages his offense too, might be making some big kicks this year. Hopefully, put him in some big big kick scenarios. Maybe he'll ask his own kicker, like a re- reverse psychology. Maybe. Can yeah, you maybe. do that? It'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be good um, if he made yeah, the kick. If he missed the kick after, it's hilarious until Butch Jones does it at Florida and uh, fifteen. Okay, yeah, it's not yeah. funny anymore. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't ice, don't ice your own kicker ever, ever for any reason. Speaking of Butch Jones, the. Pruitt on the Dan Patrick show was, uh, it, it was Pruitt. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, what I'm like. I didn't, I, again, know I your audience or, or know your interviewee. Your interview. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I actually, the other night I watched the, uh, do you know the Eric, Eric Andre, the Eric Andre show? Mm-mm. I'm sure you've seen some of his pranks. Um, it pretty much just like this shitty interview show. Like he's like a talk show where he makes it as terrible. He tries to get his guests to leave essentially. And he goes on the Larry King show. And Larry King's like, this is, he's like, you're terrible to interview. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's part of my, it's my, my gimmick. <laughs> kind of like the damn pattern. Like, he's asking Jerry Pruitt these questions. Like, Jerry Pruitt's not going to, like, the one where he's like, what kind of quarterback were you in high school? And he's like, I was none of those quarterbacks. Like, of course, Jerry Pruitt's got to answer it that way. Have yeah. you seen him talk to the media? Right. And, and then they, like, and then after the interview, they kind of, I guess kind of went in on him. They're like, yeah, he's probably not going to invite us. He's like, did Jeremy Pruitt even want to come on the show? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was your first answer. No. And then they're like, yeah, I was checkerboard. <laughs> I'm just like. I love, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt was, wasn't wearing like an orange shirt, obviously, but I yeah. think it was a Tennessee shirt. Yeah, you I just couldn't could see, see the T, yeah. yeah. He was like, this is the shirt they told me to wear. <laughs> it also cracks me up that he has not put up a single thing in his office. Oh, no. Like, Butch Jones probably had, like, a signed football from Antonio Brown and or, a jersey or, no, from... No, Butch Jones would sign, his, like, his own football and, and post it up. <laughs> he had a J.J. Watt, like, letter from J.J. Watt, probably uh, a football or a helmet signed by Peyton Manning in his office. I want to I see. I, wanna, I need a tour of Jeremy Pruitt's office. Yeah, I'm sure That's it's empty. I don't even know how we got to got here. Punter. <laughs> Punter. Um, Trevor Daniel. Trevor Daniel. Yeah, uh, I was thinking in 2017, um, Trey Smith was a freshman. He was probably one of our best players. Our, our best players. These were our best players. Trey Smith was a true freshman and an offensive lineman. Uh, Trevor Daniel was a punter. John Kelly was, was our, our running back. And But, like, you're, pu- you're putting it. him as our best player because he – because, like, if you look at stats, you would not put him up there. John Kelly. I don't think he – I think he only had, like – did he have – yeah, he only had, like, six or 700 yards. He didn't have a ton of yards. But after the Florida game, he was, like, in the Heisman race. Like, people were putting him in the Heisman race. Oh, were they? Yeah. And then he bounced heads. I mean, he dribbled heads the ground, <laughs> yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, Part returner, who you got? Part returner, I have, I have Mark West Callaway. Okay. Um, we, he he returned three punts for touchdowns in his Tennessee career. Yeah, we uh we flip flop here. I went Cordell Patterson. Okay, I see. I I, I, I did a little like extra. Real. I didn't tell you about this, but I did it all purpose and put Cordell Cordero ah. Patterson. And I already had him as my wide receiver, yeah, but he's cheating. a guy that can do it all. That's cheating. <laughs> Sorry. 
But he only he only returned one punt for a touchdown. Yeah, I, but I think he had what probably he only had one year too. Um, he only played here one year, but I think he had two kick returns, maybe just one. Yeah, I think it was just one. But, yeah, he had one for each. But I had to uh, I had to go Evan Berry for kick returns. Yeah, hundred percent Evan Berry. So I, Cordell kind of he got had the four short end. He of the had shot three there. in one season and one his senior year, maybe or his sophomore year. He had he three. was Tennessee's last. No, 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 no. No, because he was twenty fifteen. Todd Chandler ran. No, 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 no. no. Oh, he was last. Tennessee's um, last All American besides Derek Barnett. Oh, mm-hmm. and then Eric Berry. Before I that. thought you meant last person to return a kickoff. No, no, no. Yeah, that. Yeah, Evan Berry was an All American. I think in fifteen when he. That's when he returned like three in one season. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Evan Berry was an easy choice for that. So. Yep. Hey, you want to go to some questions real quick? Yeah, let's, let's um, because Hakeem asked if uh, if we answer his yes, I figured we'd get to it. Also, drop that other question, uh, Hakeem, if you're still on Twitter. I missed it. I accidentally uh, clicked out of it. Um, I believe it was about safeties, maybe. I don't know. Ask it. Ask it again. We'll answer it. Um, Go Tigers. Ask about uh, where do you see Arch Manning going? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing: if he asked for Peyton Manning's advice. And David Cutcliffe, if he asks for Uncle Uncle Peyton, if he calls up Uncle Peyton, he's like, Peyton, where should I go? He's going to Duke. If he's taking Peyton for every single word he says, he's going to Duke. Peyton Manning trusts David Cutcliffe with everything ever. Yeah. I don't know. I just he, Peyton learned to throw again by going to Duke for months at a time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think LSU would probably like the the way they're recruiting, and you know that's that he's from Louisiana. That's probably an easy choice. I don't think he's gonna just do exactly what Uncle Peyton says. <laughs> no, I, that, that's and, what and I don't. I don't think Ole Miss is is the winner either. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think they're just the outright winner, right? Because I think it's. I would be very shocked for a prominent quarterback a guy that's probably going to be the top five quarterbacks coming out in his class probably I mean, he's already being highly regarded as a now a sophomore um but I, I Cutcliffe is going to play Duke is going to be in his top five I would I would bet that yeah and, I bet and, that. and Tennessee if Tennessee is you know first or second in the east at that time period, I feel like they're they're going to be in his top five. Yeah, Tennessee's got to challenge for some championships, whereas I don't think Duke has to do that. Yeah, Because Tennessee, if Phil Fulmer was still at Tennessee, then yeah, we might be talking about that. Might, you know, Because, again, that's a guy that Peyton Manning would trust. I mean, you know, he would get his endorsement. Maybe, I don't think Maybe Peyton, that helps. Maybe. But I don't think Peyton gives that same endorsement for a guy he's not played under for a program that, you know, he Peyton's not involved at UT. Right, yeah. I mean... But, but Fulmer is. Fulmer is, and that might help. And, and I guess Peyton is involved to an extent, but he's not He's not hands-on with the football program or anything. No, and he... he I, mean, I don't think he lives here. No, he doesn't. He lives in Denver. Yeah. Uh, or at least Colorado. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is going to be a player in it. LSU is home, and they've won something recently. Anybody that's a, a winning program is going to get his attention. I can't imagine a kid like that leaves the SEC. No. Maybe, depending on kind of where someone, you know... Unless it's Duke. Unless, yeah, I should say that. Yeah. But I... And Duke, I am hesitant towards Duke. The reason I said the Peyton Manning thing is I think a lot of Tennessee fans are going, it's Peyton's nephew, he's going to Tennessee. 
No, I think if he, I think if Peyton gave a ringing endorsement of anybody, it's Duke. It's Dave Cutcliffe. Yeah, and I, I think if if David Cutcliffe was anywhere in the SEC, I, I'd feel like that'd be the winner. But because it's not Duke, it's not at a prominent program that isn't going to be. It'll probably be in his top five, but it, it won't be the outright winner. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm curious to kind of see what happens because I think there's a lot of variables in it. You mentioned Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, it's that's like where two years from now before it even like, and that too starts. Yeah, it doesn't matter really right now. Um, so it's really hard to tell. But that his dad wanted to play at Ole Miss really bad. Um, would have if if not for the uh, career-ending injury. Um, I think LSU is probably a player just because they're local and they're winning currently. Um, and then Tennessee's got to be a player, I would think, just because of the family history. David Cutcliffe, I think, is going to have his chance to get his foot in the door. Um, I got another question here. Hakeem asked, when people underrate us, uh, why is it never recognized that we've had three to four consecutive years where we – question got cut off. What do we think that is? <laughs> Wait, what was it? People, when people underrate us, why is it never recognized that we've had three, three to four year, consecutive years where we maybe coaching changes and then plus an injury decimated team? Yeah, I mean the injury injury hurts. That hadn't been the case the last two years though. No, I I think the the last couple of years has been the roster was freaking depleted. It was depleted. I mean that's that's why I made the bet. I would shave my head completely bald if we won the East in the first in Pruitt's first two years. That roster just did not have a great chance of winning. It didn't. And if you if you look at, I mean we we had a good, we lost two games we shouldn't have, but we we you know made up for it in, at the end of the season. Um, but if you look at that roster of where it was when when Jeremy Pruitt took over, if you if you like looked at looked at it then and then fast forwarded to like, hey, this will be your record at the end of year two. I think everybody in around ten, or Tennessee's fan base would take that. Yeah. If yeah, you I mean, really dove into what that roster looked like, you would take that. Right. Uh, everybody would be very upset if you showed what the wins and losses were. Right. But the final overall record, everybody would be, I agree with you, everybody yeah. would be pretty pleased. Um, okay, so the question was three or four consecutive years where we had different schemes. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, that goes along with the coaching changes. So, yeah, I think, that's an important thing to remember when you're talking about how the, and that's, that's why everybody's kind of thinking, could JG have a better year than he's ever had? Yeah. Um, I think the Jim Chaney aspect is important. I'm not just saying consistent coaching, but also Jim Chaney's a good coach. Um, I mean, I think you saw a pretty big improvement year two under Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Um, so I don't think it's being completely forgotten, at least not by Vol fans. Yeah. I, the national media is, the national media is never going to get anything right, and that's why I think a lot of people are uh, finally stop listening to national media when it comes to college football coverage. They don't see the teams day in day out, week in week out. So I think that's I think that's what's helping small market places is a lot of people are getting national media just don't know what's going on. National media is more for the NFL and MLB and NBA. Yep. Um, but I think a lot of people in the SEC kind of see reasonable people in the SEC recognize where Tennessee was and where they're at now. Yeah, and, and I think w- with the schemes and everything, I think Jeremy Pruitt's finally getting his roster where he wanted to to mm-hmm. a player aspect. Yeah. Like, he, 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 want, he wanted to get different players in here. We look at, like, take the tight end, for example. 
you know, we talked about Eli Wolf when he got here. He was a starting starting tight end. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Pruitt had no clue what he played because it, that wasn't the type of tight end he had in his mind. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, that that takes a lot. When you have a system, you have a vision for the system, but you don't have the pieces to kind of plug into it. Yeah. That's difficult. No, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Uh, I have a question. So, Dark Skin Nipsey Hustle um, <laughs> said, said, where does Pruitt excel in recruiting once he gets a full class under his belt, whether it's a it be a pipeline, particular position stronghold, or type caliber of player? Um, I feel like pipeline, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, so I, much talent. It's not where recruiting was in like the nineties, early two yeah. thousands, where talent all the talent came from Florida and Texas. You had pock, you know, Georgia, and then you had pockets here and there. Now talent's just—I mean, those hotbeds still exist for sure, but talent spread out all over the country. So I don't know if you really get a consistent pipeline like you used to. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I don't. I, where I, he still excels in recruiting for me is just relationships i mean you look at henry toa toa he did not stop in his recruitment even though they everybody thought alabama was a sure hand to win he kept on and kept on and could have maybe given up and put his efforts toward another player yeah but kept on and kept on and he lands henry toa toa so the relationships i feel like that and and everybody on the staff i mean look at the relationships that go beyond recruiting. I mean, look at no guys are leaving the program. You're you're having well, to literally guys. right. You're having to literally cut people or wait for somebody to to get kicked off to get people out of your program just to make the 85 scholarship mark because right. people want to play here. They yeah, want to play I mean, for that coaching staff. I I mean where I think he's probably going to recruit best from what I can tell is probably the linebacker position. Um, you're you're seeing higher rated guys right now commit. Now that could change. A lot of people want to say defensive back because it's history there. But right now, it's seen, and I think a lot of that probably has to do more with who he has recruiting those guys, Brian Niedemeyer. Mm-hmm. But right now, it seems like the linebacker linebacker position um, is probably going to be the highest rated player consistently in Jeremy Pruitt's career. Yeah, I mean, I mean right now it's definitely not defensive back. I feel like defensive no. back they're kind of trusting their. Um, evaluations and, right. and getting you know guys who are kind of underrated, and I think that's probably what Jeremy Pruitt's more comfortable with too. Yeah, I mean, they, Bryce Thompson um, didn't play; he, he played you know offense most of the time on at Dutch Fork. Alante Taylor was a high school quarterback. Trayvon Flowers was a Kentucky baseball commit, right? When they when they got him, so I mean that it. it he, I wish he would land. I hope he lands some some bigger fish in terms of like a cornerback, because um, I, I think it'd be great to see a lockdown corner at Tennessee. But I, I, I like the molding a player and how you want him to play. I agree. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think it's worked so far. I mean, oh. Bryce Thompson and Alante Taylor were freshman All Americans. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yep, defensive back for sure. Um, any other questions? That's all I got. Anybody on um, Facebook? Let me let me let me get in on Facebook real quick. Um, I don't I don't have a lot. I don't have any on Facebook. I don't think. Let's talk about high school sports real quick. Okay. So, Governor actually, Lee. Actually, Bernice. Okay. Bernice says, "I love to listen to you. I live in Florida, and you 
are a way to keep up with the Tennessee Vols. Hey, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Love you, Bernice. Love you. Um, I laughed, but that wasn't a joke. I really do. I love all you all. <laughs> um, high school sports, though, so it's, it's very disappointing. Governor Lee extended his state of emergency, the Tennessee state of emergency, till August 20- 29th, 29th. Yeah. which I don't fully understand. I get that the virus isn't going to go away, but I feel like this could be something you could evaluate every 30 days. Um, because right now it's because of the spike in COVID cases in the last 30 days is why they're extending it. So I don't, again, I don't know, but what that's done is it's pushed the start date for high school sports. The earliest, I believe is September 14th for football, um, because of contact. So there's no contact allowed in football. Teams are hoping to start seven on seven in July, um, and hoping to start camp on time. That will not happen now. Uh, girls soccer is also being pushed back because of that. And it's, it's unfortunate. It, it is. A, and I understand I'm not, I'm not here to just completely bash, um, any of the decisions, decision makers completely. I disagree with some of the decisions and how they're being made, not necessarily what's being made, right. but how they're being made. I do disagree with, and, and it puts the TWSAA in a tough spot and they're not traditionally known for making the best decisions. So that is not uh, very encouraging to me and to other coaches in the state, but, it's going to be an interesting one. I will say this. I don't think you can flip-flop the the schedule. I don't think you can have teams that play, traditionally play in the spring, play in the fall, and vice versa. It's not fair to the kids. It's not really workable. It doesn't make sense. It's not fair to the schools, to the smaller schools. The larger schools will probably be just fine. But at the same time, you're doing things to those kids that aren't fair. Um, yeah, and, and what if the fall gets canceled? Then you've... Then you've canceled two, two of their seasons. Yeah. So a, a kid that was a sophomore doesn't get to play the rest of his high school career because, and not not just because they switched the seasons, but what if that happened? Yeah. I mean it. It you can't flip the seasons. It's yeah. that it's that simple. You yeah. cannot. Uh, for I'll lay out all the reasons. If I need to defend myself, if you have, you have smaller schools, who then uh, would have players who play baseball. Um, they're also going to play basketball and then basketball, those kids also play football. And now you've got these seasons running over that it is not going to work. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. Uh, football is going to want those kids on, on time. Whereas basketball probably wanted them on time, but that's not going to happen. And the way, if we're looking at the hierarchy of sports, it goes football, basketball, baseball for, I would say 90% of the kids in Tennessee or for girls that probably it's goes, college too. do what it's college too. Yeah. yeah we're talking about for, but for how kids would play their sports mm-hmm. and how coaches would expect them to be there for right. just being honest. Yep. And then for girls, it's going to go um, basketball and then softball for the majority. It's going to go basketball, softball. Now there's going to be exceptions to that. Of course, do not get me wrong. Um, but when you flip flop those, now you have kids who would typically be playing a basketball state championship going to baseball or going to football to get there on time. Kids who would typically be playing a baseball state championship. Now, if they're not getting a ton of playing time, of course they're going to go start on their basketball team. That's what every kid would do. And there's going to be, there's going to be adults and you're going to sit here and go, no coaches will let them finish out that state championship. You've never met a high school coach. Egos are very high for the majority. Through the roof. They're going to want to win those hall of fame games. More than they give a shit about your baseball state championship. Yep. I assure you that. Now, again, there are probably more exceptions. There are more exceptions. There are a lot of great 
high school basketball coaches and a lot of great that are great people that understand the importance of a state championship to kids and those teams that would do it. But you're also putting a lot of kids in tough positions when they weren't in tough positions before. Yep. You're back. It's not possible to flip flop the season. It's not possible. You're going to have to back up the football season now. When I, you were going to have to anyways, at least a few weeks. Now you're going to have to do it a month, maybe more. It's a tough. It's a tough issue. I, I haven't read exactly. Have you read all the options for high school football? So I, I have. I have those options. Um, I, I was gonna. I was just gonna kind of explain. So TWSAA will not allow game scrimmages, practices. Um, with close contact um, within the executive order, correct? Well, I think. But what I'd like to state, originally, before the dead period, their stance was follow your district's protocol. I think now they're trying to make their own rules, which is a big issue in my opinion. You can't backtrack, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, It should be follow your district protocol. Because now what's going to happen is they may not be making decisions based on a quarter of the state. Uh an eighth of the state. They may be, they may be making decisions based on Nashville and Memphis where before. So Memphis and Nashville haven't practiced at all yet. Yeah. And whereas Knox County, Sevier County, Blount County have been at least work weightlifting and, and doing some things on the field, yep. non-contact to this point. So the, the sports that are affected right now would be football, girls, soccer, wrestling, and basketball. And then football, girls, soccer will not start on time. As far right. as the order is right now. Well, so all the all sports can technically be practicing right now. So, okay. like, boys soccer could technically be practicing right now. I guess basketball, basketball most basketball is girls and boys. Um, so, I imagine those will be now where everybody thought they were going to be able to kind of go start getting back into normal with all these precautions in place. That will not be happening. Okay. So... The Tennessee Football Coaches Association sent out a questionnaire about the different options, but apparently those options weren't true because TWS, well, AA, and, and some of them are kind of similar. So they're not the same organization. Oh, you're right. So what they would do is TWSA would probably go to the Football Association, Coaches Association, and say, What are uh, coaches thinking? Yeah, and probably before, probably really what would happen is the Coaches Association would reach out to TWSLA and say, here's what we've gathered from our organization. TWSLA doesn't necessarily need to or have to. Should they? Yeah, because those are the people within your organization. But yeah. So so the, the four options, and I, I think only three of those, three of these options are, are um, ones that, that are a possibility. But th- this is from Five Star Preps. Um, happy birthday, Jesse Smithy, by the yeah. way. Um, he said, right start contact practice August 30th. Is This is option one. Uh, go three weeks, start season September 18th, a seven-game regular season, start playoffs on time. TWSAA would set region schedules for every school, would scratch their current schedule. Um, so the next option was is a 16-team bracket, start practice August 30th, September 18th, start of the season, eight-game regular season, cut off first week of playoffs, only region champs and region runner-up qualify for playoffs. Um, teams that don't qualify can schedule two additional games. I think that's the most viable option. Yeah. Um, and then option three is uh, teams that don't qualify for playoffs. Or I'm sorry, 18 bracket starting practice August 30th. First contest um, September 18th. Cut off two weeks of playoffs. 
Nine-game regular season, only region champs will qualify for playoffs, quarterfinals, semifinals, and then championships. Um, and then the, the teams that don't qualify for playoffs uh, could pick up one extra game. And then the option four is basically no championships. You just play ten games. I think everyone would prefer to crown a champion. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the eight-week, 16-team playoff, I think is probably your most. And, and the, the cool thing about it, and I think it could potentially be extended beyond this year, it probably won't because the Bustable doesn't make decisions based on what people would probably like, but is the um, extra, they could schedule uh, extra two games. Yeah. Um, now, I think going forward, it'd be cool to see non-playoff teams schedule a bowl game. One bowl game, not two. But that gives your kids... 10 games, what they would normally get. And that, they could probably play a, a home game and only game. Which would give them senior night, traditional senior nights. Right. Um, and I think that would be great. What I, I would imagine would be what most coaches are going to prefer. Yeah. Most. I'm not saying that's that's all, but I'd say that'd be the majority. I'd say one or two is... is yeah. I, I think three, that would, like, just region champs. I mean, then, like, look at the last couple of... Um, state championship winners. They they wouldn't have made it. Yep. yep. So yeah, I mean you're you're gonna have to have some sort of you know just because they won the region doesn't mean they're gonna win the state title. Right. So right. I uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle it. I I hope I hope I hope I hope TWSAA is um considering the uh. Considering the kids, because I, I don't know if that's always the thought. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of money involved. I've seen where they've said they, they've asked how far they could back up the state championship site. The bottom line is state championships don't have to be pl- have to be played at the state championship site. Right. That's the bottom line. It does not have to happen that way. They could be played anywhere, anywhere any football stadium. And we can go right over to the band field and set up some – some lawn chairs and get it that, going. That's my biggest issue is I think you're going to run into a lot of, well, they have, we have this contract. We have to be played there. They do not have to be played there. I want to, they don't. For Same for girls soccer. That's been an issue. Can we use the state championship site? That is not even close to the most important thing. That is at the very, very bottom of the list yep. is where the game is going to be played. It's going to be, very, it, very it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I, I just like, the the spring like that sucks like you think you're you're preparing to to play and then you know you just don't get to play that season yeah yeah i hate that for seniors i hope it's not like that in the fall hope we're able to get some sort of season going um because i i like watching high school sports i love high school um that's something like east tennessee might not have the best talent wise in in high school football but the the like the the towns to an extent shut down a little bit and like it, it's yeah. it's it's a big deal in, in some places so um definitely want to have that back we got any more questions uh no we don't but what's up sam bell hope you're doing well um I, but to, last thing i want to say it it would be very unfortunate if they decide to flip to the spring because i think then it, it's saying that there, I've heard a bunch of people say football's a cash cow. You're not going to make any money this year. There's not going to be a lot of people in the stands. Yeah, that, that's where all the money comes from is people but, in the stands. But the thing is, is it really, I've never 
I've never met another coach that has gotten a dime from football. And a single high school coach. So that's also a, a false statement. Football does fund sports in col- at colleges, not in high school. That's not a thing in high school. Now, are there some schools that are set up that way? Probably. I've met a lot of coaches, and not a single person sees a... Now, if you want to count homecoming, they get to raise at homecoming games. Right. You can count that, but they have to earn that. And yeah, you're going to lose that, which can hurt a lot of programs. But it's certainly not where they get all their money. Not even close. And I, I've not met a single program that gets a dime from football. Or basketball. And basketball is technically, in Knox County, a... Um, what's the right word? I'm trying to think of the right word. Club? No, but it, it, it technically is supposed to make money. Uh, Whereas all the other schools don't... All the other sports don't make money. Gotcha. I don't know. That. I don't. I, don't I, I just knew homecoming. I, I didn't know how homecoming. All that, yeah, all that stuff works. I know. I know <laughs> the homecoming is the major. I guess the majority of a lot of programs. I don't know about every program, but a lot of programs. That's where they get their funds. Not not a majority. They they get funds from it, but it's also a big fundraiser for football because you have to pay a percent. I I agree. I think you should pay a percentage to football. You're getting most of your money at their games. Right. Um. But yeah, football gets a majority for, or a, a portion of homecoming. They rely on homecoming too, um, and that's another thing. A lot of the majority of not only do sports sports don't see that football money. Most of the high schools and football teams in Tennessee, they're bare. I mean, they're year to year, like they're spending what they make. Yeah, they're not setting money back. It's not like they're making money. No, so no, it's it's not a cash cow like people think it is. It does. That's why I'm like, if if, there's no reason to flip the season, I would hate to lose a high school football season, but it's not. There's no reason to flip it to lose a baseball season. Yeah, no, no reason. I agree. I agree. Um, segments get the jumbotron. Jumbotron, best places to eat. Is that what you said? Yeah, best places best places you've eaten or you've ate at during the shutdown. Okay, I feel like this is going to be surprised to South Knoxville people. I've never eaten at Cancun before. Oh, really? Yeah, fantastic. Which one did you eat at? The one in South Knoxville. Okay, okay. fantastic. Oh, you said so. Sorry. Great queso. Okay. I was very shocked. All right, I got it. I've gotten it to go several times. Okay. Because Poncho's was closed for a minute, closed for a minute, or had weird hours, I guess. Yeah. Um, mine is sweet peas over here in South Knoxville. They were closed for a while. Did you just eat there recently? I ate there yesterday. Oh, I, I got a burrito. They had the deal. It was like a dollar off their burrito. So I went and got nice. that. I asked for mac and cheese on the side. They put it in my burrito. It was great. Oh yeah. Have you never done that? I've n- I don't think I've ever gotten a burrito. I usually get the okay. nachos, but I got the, oh my God. Yeah. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I got up this morning. I'm like, man, I could really go back there. You need to get a barbecue Sunday. I think they only do at like festivals, but they pretty much just take a bowl or a cup and just throw like mac and cheese and uh, barbecue chicken, whatever you want in it and barbecue sauce in it. It's a barbecue Sunday. It's delicious. Mm. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. Dude, it was great. Their macaroni is the best macaroni I brought. It was had. great. Um, I'm going to go with, um, South coast. Okay. Love pizza and it's close. It's cheap. It's yeah. It's all you need. And they have beer like plenty of it. Yeah. 
I'm gonna go. Um, I, don't, I guess I don't remember all of them, but Knox Worst, the the food truck. Oh, nice. We had yeah, that place was good the, the other day. I had a well, burger from sorry. there. I didn't eat, but it looked delicious. Yeah, I had a burger from there. It was really good. I would go back. Yeah, Knox Worst, mean, try that out. I meant to follow their Instagram. I don't think I have. I'll look it up right now, or I will forget. Um, let's see my last one. Let's see. I'm gonna have to go with. Um, I'm gonna go Craven Wings. I love Craven Wings. I actually haven't eaten there in a while. I need to get back to it. Okay. Love me some Craven Wings. I'm gonna go. While I was at the beach, I had Dockside Days, which is this kind of like place right next to our condo. A, a place that doesn't look appealing. But we're just like, you know, we need something quick. Let's let's go in there and, and order um, and bring it back to the place. And it was one of the, the cheaper meals I had, like, uh, at night for dinner. Yeah. And it was it was one of the best. I had a great burger. I had jumbo shrimp, or not jumbo, buffalo shrimp. Mm, it was great. You know uh, Burger King has, speaking of cheap meals, the dollar eight nuggets again? Do they? Oh, yeah. Dude, don't don't. I've been on a Wendy's. Don't tear. assume you're eating chicken. Like, like if I need but. if I need to get something quick, the new Wendy's we got in South Knoxville. Oh, Wendy's! I've, is been, the I've best. been all over it. The best. All I love Wendy's. They also have given me a coupon for a free uh, frosty every time I've gone through there. So I've I got the the free the key tag. The oh, did you key tag? How yeah. much that cost? I went the first day they opened and they gave it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah. They had Junior Frosty, though. Yeah. The only disappointing part. I mean, it's free. I'm not complaining, right. but it is a Junior Frosty. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we do stupidity, I'm going to do our uh, trivia for today. Okay. Okay. So, did you see the stat for SEC teams, their record since 2012? No, I did not. Okay, good. So, this will be maybe a difficult. Uh, I, th- I threw in maybe some easy ones, maybe some for a loop. Um, so this is since Missouri and Texas A&M have joined the conference. Is that in 2012? 2012. Okay. I'm going to ask you to put, I've got five teams. I'm going to ask you to put them in order for me for most best record to worst record. Okay. Okay. So the five teams are LSU, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Georgia, and Texas A&M. Order from best record to worst record. Georgia, one. Mm-hmm. LSU, Texas A and M. What what was the last ones? And Ole Miss and Kentucky. I'll go Kentucky Ole Miss. Flip flop that and you got it. Ole Miss right. Kentucky. Ah, oh, that was that was where I thought I'd throw you for the loop. Dang. I thought I might get with you. Well, so what were what were those two? Do you have the records for both of those? Uh, I have the records for all of them. So LSU. Well, here let me just read the whole list for you. I've got the I've got all fourteen teams here. Uh, so Alabama is obviously number one, 57 and seven. Georgia is 48 and 16. LSU is 44 and 20. Florida was 41 and 23. A&M was 34 to 30, 34 and 30. Auburn was 33 and 31. That one was kind of shocking as far back as they were. South Carolina was 31 and 33. Mississippi State is 31 and 33. Missouri is 30 and 34. Ole Miss is 25 and 39. Tennessee is 22 and 42. Kentucky's twenty and forty four, Vanderbilt's nineteen and forty five, and Arkansas's thirteen and fifty one. Thirteen wins in Vanderbilt's won nineteen games. Yeah, in seven seasons, SEC games, and a lot of those are against Tennessee. <laughs> Since two thousand twelve, six of them are against Tennessee, I believe. Right? No, 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 no. five. Yeah, five. 
think it's right. Jeez, that's terrible. <laughs> oh my god, that would make me want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> I have to look that up now. Um, Lady Vols recruiting real quick. Um, Kelly Harper putting together a freaking class. Always get the McDonald's All Americans. Yeah, so uh, you got three five stars right now. You added one today with uh, Brooklyn Miles out of Kentucky. She's a five star point guard. Then you have Kaya Wynn um, out of Innsworth in Mer- or, uh, in Nashville. Then you have Caroline Striplin, a five star forward. Um, and then Sarah Puckett, a four-star forward out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama. There you go. So, yeah, putting together a, a great recruiting class. Love, I'd love to see it. Three, love. three five-stars. That's that. I mean, you, you put the Tennessee, uh, the men's and, and the women's, they're about equal. Yeah. Okay. Right now. So, yeah, it's, that's big time. Absolutely. And then uh, UT going to mobile tickets only. What's Dude, your thoughts, pisses man? Pisses me off. I, I mean, I get. I shouldn't say it pisses me off. I get it, especially for basketball. Um, every, I mean, and I get it for football. I do. But my only request is send out the ticket books to season ticket holders. Yeah. Not only do I, I like person. I hate it. I hate it for personally, but I understand it. I hate it because I love keeping my tickets to everything I go to for concerts for anything. So I always want. I'd prefer paper tickets and, and actual stubs, not even printed tickets. Those kind of piss me off too. If, if it's between printed and mobile, I want mobile. Um, but please make the book and send it out. You all do the vault, the volunteer um, creative team does such a good job with the season tickets. Does such a good job making the books. I really, really, really hope they continue to do it for the season ticket holders. They don't have to even have barcodes on them. Don't care. Like, just send them out like they were season tickets in the book. Let me cut them out, put them like the games I go to, put them in the box I keep all my tickets in. Please. That's my only request. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I don't think that's a, a tough thing to. I'll I'll pay the $50 printing fee. Like, just yeah. do it. Yeah, because that. Man, that sucks. I'll, I keep all of them from the losses, too. I have <laughs> that Oklahoma one. I have that Oklahoma ticket. We have. A, I have the Alabama ticket that I went to. The Battle of Bristol's up there somewhere. Well, we won that game. Don't worry about that. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm <laughs> I've, I've still got my Battle of Bristol ticket. I've got my ticket and my land. Or yeah, it was just a lantern, and it was your ticket too. I have the uh, West Virginia ticket, the Boat Bowl, which is the Duke Mayo Bowl now. <laughs> yeah, that right? that's wild. <laughs> yeah, but that's like the only thing season ticket holders get too. Yeah. So and maybe maybe they'll send out something else, but I don't. Want, I want tickets. I don't want anything yeah. else. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'll take that. Um, jump. We did Jumbotron. Stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity. Okay, so my first one is the MLS. This is probably a fail. Maybe I should save it. Did you see the... Well, actually, my first one was the Trent Dilfer, 75% of the reason. The dude won was because of the... that Like, 75%, like you said, doesn't make sense. No. Why, here's my question. Why invite all of them if you were just going to watch their junior film? Just tell them who won. Yeah. Don't even find out. You already knew who's going to win. Yeah. Dumbest thing ever. Um, God, I had I had one. Oh, Stedman, he's verified. I don't know what he does, but um, he's verified. He said, "Here's the thing, dogs suck." What? That's like is that a, it? That was, that was a tweet. Yeah, that, that's a tweet. That dude just got bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the worst take I've ever heard in my entire life. And I've yeah. I've seen some crappy. Like during this whole shutdown, I've seen some oh, bad takes. There's been some bad takes. 
some bad bad takes. Um, do you have any more? I well, kind of. No, that's not really. Okay, I don't know this stupidity. So Darren Ravel tweeted, Under Armour pulling out of its deal with Cal is going to be complicated by the fact that the deal, a 10-year, $86 million deal made in 2016 was, wait for it, never signed by both parties. How does that get overlooked? It's not a deal. <laughs> like, there's no deal. Well, apparently, since they both started to fulfill promises, I don't know, there's some attorneys comment on it. Is it a gentleman's agreement? They just I shake guess. hands and walk away? I That's feel like there's stupid. way too many lawyers and parties involved that that deal doesn't get signed by the appropriate parties. That blows my mind. That just shows you got a lot of stupid people in yeah. both of those things. I think Under Armour's about to just blow up. Like, no more. Yeah, they're bad. It's about to pull a Reebok. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Adidas has passed them. Yeah, but I mean, well, they technically never passed Adidas. Technically, never passed Adidas. Right. But I guess when you look at, like, football, like, it, it looked like they were... It looked like... They, I mean, they were definitely the up-and-coming brand. Yeah. And that is... Excuse me, that is no more. Nope. Um, Colin Coward is my next one. And, and sometimes I like what Colin Coward says. Like, I... I Sometimes I enjoy his show, but some of the stuff he's put out lately, I don't know if it's the coronavirus just got him like stir crazy. He's annoying. Yeah. That's the bottom line. But he said, um, he put out a graphic, Collins top five arm talents. Number one, Russell Wilson. Got a good arm. Okay. Uh, Number two, Tom Brady. Got a good arm. He's an NFL quarterback. They all have good arms. Number three, Drew Brees. Number four, Kyler Murray. Number five, Jared Goff. Okay. Tom Brady's number two arm talent? Yeah. What? I mean, Kyler Murray should probably be number one. The dude can throw a football on a rope on the run. Patrick Mahomes? Yards. Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers? You put Jared Goff? First off, I hate the... He's got a good arm. Of course he's got a good arm. He's an NFL quarterback. <laughs> good God. But, like, in the league, that's... You put yeah, Tom was, Brady? That was pretty bad. A guy who doesn't even throw past the the first down marker. He's he's your number two. He's like fifty years old. Hey man, hitting a big target or a small target like Gronk is pretty freaking difficult. He's okay? too old. Give him a break. God, that was that was bad. I was like, man, that like I I'm sure I've had some bad takes, but <laughs> good God. Bad take landing? <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Jesus. Bad take Colin. Oh, Colin's always had the worst yeah. takes. That's, that's all always. I got for that. I'll just end on that one. That's good lord. That's all I got too. Guys, we really appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate y'all sticking around all the time, anytime. We've got a show for you Sunday. And then be on the lookout for some more Vols tales coming in the next week because they're dropping and they're going to be some fun ones. I'm pumped. Yeah. Yeah, going to be some good ones. Um, thanks for... Like like Caleb said, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for commenting with us. Yeah. We uh we like the in you know, the interactions that we have with you all. So keep on doing that. Um like this. Um love it. Retweet it, share it, do whatever you gotta do. Um but that's all we got. We're bringing the boat in and we out.